Yeah. So. What's the bloodiest injury you've had? I don't know. My sister hit me in the head with a bat once and my <laughs> nose bled a lot. We were doing um like a pinata. You ever do those? Mm, yeah. And so we were blindfolded. I was in my grandma's house. We were blindfolded and with this like bamboo bat. <clears throat> and so I was holding... uh No, Megan was holding the bat. And I was spinning her around to make her dizzy because you do that, yeah. right? And so I like stopped her and I said... I was going to say, okay go and i got the words okay like okay out of my mouth and she swung before i could get out of the way and like she, i don't know if you've ever been hit so hard in the head where like i like i just smelled like burning like something was on fire there's nothing on fire that's just what i smelled back uh welcome back to the afternoon snack podcast it's alex and i'm here with my good friend meredith and <laughs> and my other good friend ivy um and we're here today to talk about all about injuries and how to overcome them and resiliency and attitude and patience and all the things that are necessary when challenged with any kind of injury i think it's gonna be good we've had some people request this episode yeah so and we obviously like have some personal experience with uh injuries ourselves so we'll get into that and um kind of some tools and tricks and tips that can get you through uh you know kind of a tough time because a kind of a tough thing as an athlete i think yeah i think athletes or non-athletes i think everyone's kind of dealt with an injury that's maybe sidelined them to some extent and it's frustrating i think it's hard when like um and this goes to people who are maybe not competitive but just enjoy exercise and value activity like when you're someone who um identifies as like a either an athlete or of an active person and like you have something come up or an injury that takes that away for a period of time whether it's you know a week or months or several months it can be kind of hard uh you can feel like you're just on an island like you know if I can't do the thing that I love to do then like who am I mm -hmm. I think definitely um you see that happen with professional athletes all the time um but I think it happens on a smaller scale too I think just you know regular gym goers and people who are active outside experience the same range of emotions mm -hmm. yeah definitely um so why don't we dive into it um talk about your your history with injury kind of maybe before crossfit because you had some as part of like your ski career and then anything of note well, like how you manage that and then anything you know during your crossfit career that you've had to deal with yeah so i i'm actually a pretty resilient physically resilient person meredith always jokes because she always has these little injuries so she calls me 
it's a movie reference and I'm so bad at those because I don't really watch that many movies or have a great memory but you can tell yeah um so I'm Mr. Glass I'm always <laughs> just broken very fragile um and then who's the other guy who's the he's like Bruce Willis's character not Mr. Glass. I don't know. I thought you knew. I know. That's. I thought I did too. I don't even blanking. know what movie that's from. I don't watch action movies. It's from um, Unbreakable. And if you keep talking, I'll figure out the... Okay, yeah. So Meredith always has these like little, little nagging things. Like enough to be able to do what she wants to do, but like not to the extent she wants to do them. I'm always like, I'm always hindered. Yeah, there's always a, just a little something. <laughs> it's it's frustrating but i'll just wait for her to bring it up um let's see here i'm yeah. sorry i threw the volunteer court now no it's i'm actually kind of annoyed that i can't remember this guy's name um i'm sure our listeners who know what movie this is are sitting here being like it's, it's this <laughs> it's this guy whatever yeah. his name is um yeah I don't think he has, so his name is David Dunn. I don't oh, okay. think he has like a superhero name. So like you're a way better name, Mr. Glass. Yeah. And Mr. Glass has his own movie now. Okay. So he's kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> but he's also a villain. So I don't know what that says about me. Um, okay. So back to my story. So the first time I got like really badly injured, I was 15 and I used to alpine ski race for those of you that don't know. And, um, Alpine skiing is like kind of dangerous. Like you're going fast down a hill. Alpine skiing is like probably one of the most dangerous sports on the planet. Yeah. Like you, you, uh, so there's like slalom GS, super G and downhill. And slalom is like the smallest radius turn. So it's slow. It's much slower. Yeah. But the skis have a much, like I said, because the radius is smaller, the skis have a much like greater angle. Mm -hmm. So under the ski, if, if anyone's familiar with skis or like edges, the the cut on the ski is more aggressive so the tip and the tail are wider and then under your foot is narrow isn't which, that called the camber yeah i guess some I skier guess. i feel like camber is like a, a snowboard term i don't know because i've never heard it reading it on cross country <laughs> okay skis, so anyway so when you like put them on edge they kind of whip around really mm -hmm. fast and then downhill which is at the other end of the spectrum the skis are very 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 long like 200 centimeters as opposed to slalom skis, which are like 150. Mm -hmm. So downhill skis are very long and narrow and they don't really change in um, width. Width, Yeah. So um, I was, I was on my slalom skis and I was warming up and just like, there's no gates or anything. I was just on a, like a warm up run. And if, and there's a hill called panorama and the run beside the race run has this like big roller which and is I was a, like a jump. Yeah. It's basically, a, it's like a man, it's um, a natural jump. Yeah. Like the hill kind of drops off. And I was always kind of like a dumb kid. Like I would always follow the boys and crash. And like, I've had tons of black eyes and stuff from that. Um, but I went off this jump on my race skis, like the edge is super sharp. And like the hill was kind of hard, like not soft, like no powder. And I did this like huge spread Eagle like full on spread <laughs> like is in the air for quite a while because you can like launch off these yeah. things and I landed I was showing off to my friends who were probably behind me and I landed and kind of landed off balance and just like slid on my side mm -hmm. but as I was sliding like my skis were below me and it the, the edge is caught and then so like 
basically my knee just because it like my body was moving and then my ski stopped stopped yeah and like i uh, i felt something instantly and i got up and it didn't really hurt but it felt really unstable and Mm -hmm. i was like and i kind of was like worried and crying and like so i skied down just like holding my leg up like Mm -hmm. only skied down on one leg show off and couldn't really like i couldn't really walk in my ski boots but again it like wasn't painful it was Mm -hmm. just like it wasn't really swollen and so i couldn't race and I went back to Calgary with my dad and the next day, well, the next day, like I still, it was like something was wrong. And my mom was like, oh, it's probably nothing. Like she's not a doctor by any means, but whenever there's something wrong, she always has, acts as if she has a medical degree. She's asking me where it hurts and like, don't worry, I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last (laughs) night. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. So, um, I go to this doctor, I got in relatively quickly, I guess like, in Canada, usually you have to wait a little bit longer with the health healthcare system. But like as young athletes, you kind of got like special treatment. Mm-hmm. I think we knew someone or whatever. So I got in and he literally just like took my knee and like did the test with my foot and my knee and was like, yeah, you've torn like all the ligaments in your knee. So like ACL, MCL and meniscus mm-hmm. and MCL heals on its own. ACL, you have to get reconstructed. And then M- meniscus is like your shock absorber. Yeah. So usually they have to repair that one too. So they said usually the best thing to do is wait a couple months for your MCL to heal. And then they go in and fix the ACL. There's a couple ways you can do that. You can use, so they have to graft it basically. And then the reason why it didn't hurt was because if you tear it like completely, like the, the tendon is completely torn. So there's no blood, like blood flow. I guess the pain happens when there's like restricted blood flow. And that's when like the nerves are yeah, makes sense. bothered. Yeah. So if it was like a first or second degree tear, it's much more painful. Anyway, um, so you can either get a hamstring graft. So they take a piece of your hamstring. You can do a patellar tendon graft, which is like the tendon in front of your knee. Or you can do a cadaver. And I think there's other ones now, but I got a hamstring graft, which was like, it's good. But at the same time, like it means your hamstring is going to be a lot weaker for a while. Mm -hmm. So not only are you recovering the knee, but you have to get your hamstring strong enough again. Why did you get the hamstring? I think it was just the one that they did, the mm-hmm. one this doctor did, and it was recommended. I, I didn't really have a say in it. So I got the surgery, and um, it wasn't until I didn't ski again for 11 months. Like, the do- like I waited. I remember the doctor said, like, you cannot ski until like basically you can jump off of a table onto one foot onto one leg and I knew a lot of girls I guess like it's a very common injury in like basketball and soccer but especially uh, among like young females it's just like the way that we're built and then hormones and stuff around that age I think females develop earlier than males yeah I'm not I actually don't know the research behind it I've just heard kind of from people and I knew a ton of skiers who had that especially my age group um but yeah I knew a ton of people who would go back too early and then either like crash or re-tear it or something and you always have to go back and wear a brace and like a ton of skiers have had not only like one surgery but multiple surgeries and like have to wear break like knee braces for everything so anyways I went back 11 months later like until I was 100% got on skis like nothing was wrong was wearing I wore a brace for a year and then didn't have just decided I didn't need it anymore because I felt strong but I basically switched sports when I hurt my knee. I switched from alpine skiing to physio. That was like my f- sport. 
I was still in high school. So obviously school, but like basically all of my energy went into like whatever physio required. Like I don't, I remember one day my mom was driving me there and I felt really sick. And I was like, just like with all sports, hated missing anything, like whether it was training. I remember I, I missed a birthday party for soccer practice when I was like a kid. <laughs> I was that kid. But anyways, I was like really sick and I was like, my mom had to pull over on the road for me to throw up and stuff. And I was like, no, I can go. I can go to physio. And she was like, we're going home. Um, but that was definitely the biggest and most like, uh, the toughest, I guess, injury that I've had. Longest injury. Yeah. Most severe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned a lot from it. I learned like that I didn't actually like feel like I was missing out ever. Like I just kind of was like, this is the way it is. Like I just need to get as better as, and as stronger, as strong as I can, like as fast as I can and just do everything I can to do that. So there wasn't a ton of like, like frustration or sadness or that kind of thing. Or I think initially there was, but then I was like, I really wanted a new puppy cause we had just uh-huh. lost my dog and it was like, it, it, we never had enough time for a dog cause we were just running around doing sports. And I remember as soon as I found out I had torn my knee, I was like, oh, well, we can get a puppy now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did. the moral of the story is when you injure yourself to immediately get a puppy. I mean, it helps. Yeah. It helps. Uh, but yeah, I think like for me, I, I think I don't really remember being like super bummed about it. Like it was never like, oh, this is this. Why did this happen to mm-hmm. me? It's just like <clears throat> maybe with ski racing, you kind of knew that that was part of it. And then I remember saying to myself, talking to my parents, like, and I still say this to this day, but like head, I always was really scared of like head injuries because, and I knew a few people had some really bad ones from skiing, like like concussions, concussions, like really bad. Um, and then I also knew a couple of people who's like, who've broken their backs and like broken their legs, like to the point where they can't ski anymore. Like I, I knew a ton of people who have had worse injuries. And I think part of that part of like comparing my injury to theirs was like, okay, it's nothing Yeah. compared to something that's going to, you know, take you out of the sport completely. Or... There's definitely like value in perspective. Yeah. It's like I kind of, I hate when people are like, well, at least you still have legs. Like I don't like when people use that argument, mm-hmm. but it is like, it could, usually it can be worse for yeah. like athletic injuries anyways. Yeah. And I think, like I said, with skiing, it was one of those things like people were just constantly missing seasons. Like, at world cup even like not necessarily when you were super young but like as soon as you got into like the teenage years like people were always like getting hurt like i said a lot of girls were out with knee injuries and then world cup like we knew like i mean if you ever know anything about lindsey vaughn she's had like what like 15 (laughs) knee surgeries or something crazy like that so it's just like part of the sport and i guess it's just to be expected a little bit what um percentage of like elite level downhill skiers would you say have never torn their knees or like broken legs or anything oh i would say uh this is like a total random guess Mm -hmm. but maybe like 20 or 30 percent you think it's that high it might be lower because usually if you're good enough especially if you're a a downhill skier yeah if you crash you're almost for sure gonna get hurt yeah like pretty pretty badly broken ribs and stuff you're traveling at pretty high speeds and then again like you're the weight, like you're traveling so fast and it's usually icy and bumpy. So, I mean, your, your boots are in your skis. Like 
they don't for any of those skiers out there if you fall like your skis are supposed to come off but with downhill racers like you need your skis to stay on because they will come off when you hit bumps like just because of the force the force and like because you're going so fast and so your skis are supposed to stay on when you crash like sometimes they'll come off sometimes they'll break but sometimes you just like go into the netting and your skis are on Mm. and your skis pull your leg like it's it's pretty dangerous yeah Um, my mom my mom and dad didn't really like that part of the (laughs) the sport they never watched They never watched. I don't think, like, when I got into the upper, yeah. like, when I started going, like, really fast, my parents weren't really keen on. Yeah. How fast is fast? Like, um, so I did the Lake Louise downhill. I was actually just doing the Noram, mm-hmm. but which is like the notch below. Um, and you're going, I think it was like one, my mom said it the other day, 120 or 140. 140. That'd yeah, be kilometers. around like 70, 80 miles an hour. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're going really fast yeah they like they they um speed trap you at some yeah. some points down that course mm-hmm. but so but definitely. you don't it's weird when you're going you're not like you don't think about crashing no of course not they've you done just, studies on like how your brain processes information at yeah speed. they've done um they've done, it actually doesn't feel that fast when mm-hmm. you're on the skis because well, your brain adjusts you're not looking like now you're not looking like 20 feet in front of you you're looking like 80 90 100 mm-hmm. feet so like but your brain it's it adjusts the perspective so it feels like you're just like, like yeah okay i'm looking 20 feet in front of me i'm cruising down the hill they've done the same thing same studies with like uh people who race motorcycles and yeah formula like, one and there were you're still scared like you're like okay and there are jumps in downhill like if anyone's ever watched the olympics or whatever but you're going off jumps and you have to stay aerodynamic otherwise your skis will just come up in front mm-hmm. of you and you crash my sister, who was two years younger than me, we ended up racing together on a couple races because once you get into a certain level, you kind of just race against everyone. Like it's like 18 and over or something. Yeah. It's called FIS. <clears throat> and they do this thing when it's really snowy, they pull out snow seed, which is they draw out like four, four or five people from like the back of the pack. So usually they're like the worst of the field and usually the youngest. Mm-hmm. And I was like at the f- top of the pack. So I was like, maybe going like second or third. So this race, my sister got drawn as snow seed. Mm. <laughs> and I remember in the start gate, she was like dry heaving, like almost throwing up because she was so scared. And I was just like trying to focus on my own race. Yeah. Like, and my coach just sends her out the, you know, out the gate. It's like, well, fingers crossed. Yeah, like, go get her. <laughs> <clears throat> but she actually tore her knee two times. Mm around the same age as me yeah. kind of the same thing but doing a, a spread eagle no <laughs> just she was in a race yeah um she got a cat when she did hers her knee oh so you got a puppy and she got a cat yeah uh-huh. i don't think my parents had a choice at that point no it was like okay well we got alex a dog so yeah whatever you want yeah just not a lizard yeah yep um so i think now with crossfit I haven't really hurt myself. I didn't, there was no other real big injuries. Yeah. You've been pretty injury free during your. Yeah. Just like little ones. I remember like I got, it's like some that aren't even CrossFit related. Mm. Like I got stung by a wasp really badly on my foot and I did this. I like it. My foot was like a balloon and I was, it's, I said like, Oh, it's fine. And I'll go run on it. Like I went for my usual morning run, barely could fit it into my, 
running shoe. <laughs> like, and I fine. got back and it was probably even twice the size. Yeah. And I took a photo of it and sent it to my nurse friend. And she was like, Alex, you need to go to the ER right now. Like you might get cellulitis. Cause I guess that's what happens yeah. when the cells swell so badly. Mm-hmm. And I guess I had just had a really bad allergic reaction and then made it worse by yeah. doing something silly. Is that why you're so afraid of wasps? Yeah, oh. actually. Yeah. I guess I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I guess the moral of the story there is to, like, if you hurt yourself, maybe don't be stupid. Get proper attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a lot of stuff. Like when I got my wisdom teeth out I was like exercising quite soon after Mm -hmm. and like the recovery took a little longer and I think through all those I realized like maybe you don't need like it that's like your mouth so I'm like well you don't need your mouth to exercise but I think when you're stressing out the rest of the body yeah it prevents your body from healing yeah the parts that need it you don't your body doesn't really compartmentalize areas when it comes to healing and I'm still learning about that yeah yeah. yeah. I think when I got my wisdom teeth out, I cried for like 36 hours straight. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I don't do well with anesthesia. Okay. Like when I come out of anesthesia, I just weep like unconsolable. That's oh, how okay. I, when I wake up from surgery, that's just. So I should prepare myself. Weeping. If ever. Yeah. I hope I don't have to get surgery, but if I ever do, that's what you can expect. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty, I'm the opposite. So I was pretty injury free when I was doing sports, it, like in my youth. And then most of my injuries came after I started competing in uh, CrossFit. And I think part of that, like I swam. So like the the likelihood of you getting a serious injury swimming is pretty low, like maybe some shoulder stuff. I think I injured my heels pretty badly one time because um, I like flip turned too close to the wall and I like slammed my Achilles oh. tendons down on the edge of the pool. <laughs> So that was pretty bad. I actually messed up my, yeah, I messed up my feet pretty bad there. Um, but not to the point where I couldn't swim. It just was like painful and very swollen. Um, yeah. And I used to sprain my ankle like it was my job, but that was back when like you sprain your ankle and the, like the athletic trainer just tape, tapes it up and you're like back to playing soccer. No one really cared. The, probably the worst one I ever had though. Cause it was, I remember when this happened, I went in and had x-rays. So I was like certain that it was broken. And the doctor was like, you would be better off with a break. Yeah, I've heard. Um, it was like a grade four sprain. And it was when I was doing track and field, I was pole vaulting. And when you pole vault, there's like the, the pit where the pole goes and then there's the crash pads and the crash pads Velcro together, kind of like um, like in gymnastics. They have, like it's similar. They're a little softer. They're a lot softer, actually. Um and whoever had put the pads together didn't Velcro them. So there was this probably, I don't know, two and a half inch gap between the um, two of the pads. And like I, I got over and I landed and I, I was landing on my feet because it wasn't like, it wasn't super high. So I, I wasn't landing on my back yet. I was warming up. And when I landed, like my foot was on like the inside pad and then my, my leg and my ankle went into the crack. So it was like my foot stayed up and my ankle oh. and like shin bone went down into the crack it was horrible that was like i thought i was gonna die (laughs) that was kind of a bummer because that's a spring sport and like that affected me that probably took a solid like six months to recover from just a sprain yeah and when you're like it's your ankles you're like walking on it and stuff yeah and like in the summer i was doing a lot of water sports like slalom skiing and wakeboarding and stuff Mm -hmm. and like it was i couldn't even put a boot on so it kind of ruined that summer but I don't remember like outside of that. I still swam that summer. It was just painful. Um, 
I don't remember being like particularly emotional about that outside of just like in the moment I was really upset because I thought I had broken it and it was very, very painful. Um, and then my more significant injuries came when I started competing in CrossFit and it's not because CrossFit's like inherently unsafe. Like that's the thing, right? People are like, Oh, you get injured doing CrossFit. Um, but when you compare CrossFit to like downhill skiing, it's actually quite safe because like the risk of head injury is pretty non-existent. Like the worst you're going to do is some like overuse injuries, most likely, um, or like just freak stuff. Right. Um, so I remember like the two issues that I've had in CrossFit, I had a really bad, like, uh, back, like back injury, um, like some, some disc herniation and then some really bad inflammation, um, that affected me for a while. Um, but wasn't something that really stopped me. And I went like, I kind of got into a bad habit then cause I went the like cortisone injection route. So I got a couple of injections in my back and honestly, like that kind of fixed that problem and allowed me to, to rehab and, and move in a way that, uh, got rid of that injury, which I'm thankful for. I think there's like a time and a place for that. And I think that was an appropriate use of cortisone. Um, my later uses of cortisone were not appropriate. Um, so when I, like probably my biggest injury was, um, I was dealing with some like golfer's elbow, like medial epicondylitis, which if you don't know what that is, is really, really bad tendonitis on the, um, medial, yeah, medial side of the elbow. If your arm, if your hand is up, so on the inside. Um, and it really affects pulling. It affects, pre- it affects everything. Cause it's like, you can't be in a front rack very difficult to pull, can't climb a rope. Um, and that was one that I just kind of trained through, kept pushing it, kept pushing it. Um, just kept like waiting for it to go away. Cause most of my like nagging injuries had kind of just gone away over time. Like, you know how that is. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh, I have this injury. And then since like six months later, you're like, Oh, that doesn't bother me anymore. Um, so that's kind of, I was waiting for, for this one. And I got a couple of cortisone injections specifically before regionals in, um, Let's see. Yeah, 2017. Uh, that was when it was really bothering me. It was around, like, just after Wadapalooza and prepping for regionals. I was there. Yeah, you were there. Yeah, that was actually, you were there for my second cortisone injection. Yeah. That was when my, they shot it into my nerve and my entire hand went Yeah, numb. and you were driving a... I was driving a manual <laughs> and I, it was my, it's my right hand, so I, like, couldn't feel the gearbox and, um... And I don't like, know how to drive. You weren't any help, so... I was like, okay, this is going to be bumpy. Um, and so I was kind of hopeful that that would get me through regionals. And that was the year where they had the event with the 10 half rope climbs. And normally like pretty good, but um, like rope climbs just really aggravate that injury because it's like that hand position plus a pull. And um, yeah, so I got into that event and then it just completely blew up like something like like midway through maybe on the like fifth or sixth rep, like something just like popped in my elbow and I was like, shit. And like just immediately I felt all this tightness in my arm and like I couldn't straighten my arm. Like I got through the event and then was just in the back. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. Um, I went to see medical because at that point they have to clear you to keep competing. Like they won't let you compete if they think that there's a medical issue. And, um, so I went to see medical and they said, um, it wasn't something that they would, 
disqualify me for having but they advised highly against like continuing to compete because they thought that like something was torn or I would need imaging um nothing was actually torn um there was just a lot of laxity in the joint probably partially due to the cortisone injections and uh so I ended up pulling out of regionals that year because I couldn't uh the next event was like toes to bar and handstand walking and I couldn't straighten my arm to walk my hands so um, but and you were was, still gonna like go try to go out yeah, there. Yeah, I was still gonna try to do it, and I like I was just in the back, and because I was really really stoked on the events that year, because there were it was a lot of gymnastics, and I was just really excited about it. And um, a friend of mine who who was also a competitor but wasn't competing that year was back there with me. She had my coach's pass, and she said, "Just think about what the experience is gonna be like, like going through those events and not being able to do your best. Like, are you gonna enjoy that experience?" Um, and the answer was no. Like, I think um, for me, like, I thought I really had a shot at qualifying that year. And, um, you know, to to continue to risk injury just to participate in regionals really didn't make any sense at that point. Um, but that was a tough pill to swallow because I think in that moment I realized had I just addressed that injury sooner and treated it because this had been going on for like probably a year at this point. So it was this realization, like, had I just taken the time when it started bothering me um, to rehab it, to make sure it was not an issue, um, and just take, like, probably what would have amounted to maybe two or three weeks off. Like, that's all it would have taken. Had I just done that, I wouldn't have been in a situation where, like, I'm having to pull out of a regionals that I should have done really well in. Um, so that was a tough lesson to learn and a kind of a turning point for me as an athlete, because I think, you know, to that point, I had kind of felt a little bit invincible in the sport. Like I had just continued to get better and better and better and just continued to be able to push and improve. And, uh, I really got knocked off my horse that year and, um, kind of moved immediately into more intelligent training. So that was, that was the summer that we spent together. I was still doing a lot of my own programming, but it was, it was an off period of time. And then, um, I you, got, con- you like, I was trying to get you to do more of my stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up, yeah, getting on board with Mike Fitzgerald and, um, he, like, he's probably the best at programming around injuries in a way that you don't realize you're being like your programming's being altered for injury. So that was probably like the best thing I could have done for that year for the 2018 season was, get with him and, um, actually train like intelligently and, um, in a way that like, yeah, that next like spring, my elbow was fine. Like it still bothered me and it still bothers me sometimes. I think just because my, like, I'm just very tight. Um, but that, yeah, that whole, I think that whole experience led me to a better path with training. So I think that's like, that's a big takeaway is usually like if something like that happens, there's a learnable moment and you have an opportunity to kind of adjust course. If like, if what you were doing to that point got you injured, like it's a good time to change what you're, what you're doing and ask yourself, like, what can I do better in the future? Yeah. One thing I noticed about you and I'm not like this still, I'll admit is like, if something's hurting you, you're like, okay, I'm not going to bother it. I'm going to leave it for a day and see. Whereas I'm like, just do it. Like do to, you know, do as much but as I, you can. I think it's cause I haven't really experienced like, like any injury that I've actually had to stop, it's been, I've been forced to stop. Like yeah. I like I can't do it. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas like if I can get away with it, even if it hurts a little bit, I'll still do it, which is kind of what you did with your elbow. Yeah. It's like, I can't stop. It's so bad. Yeah. Even though I know in the back of my mind, like even recently with my like, my cut on my leg. Yeah. It's like, had I sat on the couch for a few days and like kept it elevated and iced it, maybe it would have healed faster. Mm -hmm. But I'm like three weeks later still dealing with it because it's like. Yeah. Because maybe you didn't treat it with the respect it deserved yeah initially but it's hard it's hard to know like it's hard to be patient Mm -hmm. it's hard to know exactly what how it's going to impact like what's going to impact it yeah i think that mentality comes too and it's super common in crossfit because you feel like you're like you're falling behind Mm -hmm. like well if i'm not training at 100 percent, then i'm falling behind um and i think like you know, like, you know, there's a difference between being lazy and actually falling behind because you're being lazy and being smart and taking time off. Yeah. But like, how far are you falling behind if you're, it's like, give a little bit to gain a lot. Yeah. Like, do you want to be working at zero capacity for a week or 50% capacity for four, five, six, or in your case, like a year, a year, you know? Yeah. Or these people who it's like, okay, you go back too early with your knee injury and now you're skiing like weird and you're scared. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? You're going to crash. Yeah. And you, you now compensate. you're out again. Yeah. yeah. That was one thing. Um, so this is kind of interesting. It's a little bit off topic, but that when I had all that back stuff, they ended up, um, this is actually my massage therapist at the time who she was very smart. Um, she was looking at me move and just kind of like trying to sort out where this pain was coming from. Are the headphones crushing your head? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. It's okay. So now I have the headphones like on. I'm just going to snap a picture of this. Maybe we can post it. Um, okay. I don't know. They like squeeze your ears. Yeah. They're very tight. Yeah. Um, the whole, my, my whole back thing actually came from an ankle, like the same ankle that I was just, I sprained, like it's my job. I had sprained earlier in the year and it was changing the way that I was squatting and it was putting my hips in a weird position and that turned into a back injury. So it's, it's like all these things are connected. Like if you're, you know, if you're one, sh- if like a shoulder and elbow is messed up, you're going to compensate for it in other ways and you don't know what that's going to do. Yeah. So if you do it long enough, like, yeah, it's probably going to turn into something. And so, um, it's, it's tough though, because like I had an injury, I had an injury once where I bruised my heels really badly. Mm-hmm. Like I was fall. I went off this really big jump on skis again and like missed the tranny which is like the downhill part Mm -hmm. like completely and ended up landing on the flat part Mm -hmm. and I was actually telling the story the other day like a week later I had a ski race and I couldn't even walk on my heels but I but my one of the doctors was like you're fine like you're not going to really do any more damage like they're not cracked or broken which I thought they were because it was so bad but they're just bruised and I guess I was like, well, I really want to do the ski race. I'm like, you'll be fine to do it. Yeah. So I did it and I did well because the adrenaline, like I didn't Mm -hmm. really feel the pain. It's like, you almost get rewarded for that behavior in some instances. In some sports, for sure you do. But like, how do you know? Like, I guess you never do know. Like, where are you pushing it too far? I think there's a different, there's a difference between like between sport and between CrossFit. And it's not to say that CrossFit isn't a sport, Um, but you have to, you have to differentiate between like, for CrossFit, the training is the sport and your ability to train at a high level every single day mm-hmm. is directly correlated to your success in the sport. But sometimes training at a high level or doing your best means taking your foot off the gas and letting your body heal as opposed to like skiing or something that's like requires more acute skill 
where like, even if you, if you take your foot off the gas and training, like you still retain that ability to go compete and to yeah. ski fast. Um, even if you take a week off of, you know, hitting the hill or going to the gym or whatever. Yeah. So, um, I think people get really caught up in like, oh, if I'm not training, then I'm not going to be good at CrossFit when I don't, I don't really think that's as true as you think, especially if like, if you're, if by not training, you're recovering an injury. Um, so I think that's like, that's a bit of a CrossFit specific thing, but I think, um, you know, when you're, when you are injured, it's important to focus on like what you do have control over and what you can do instead of being very negative about what you can't do. You see that all the time. Yeah. Like, that's oh, exactly well, I the takeaway. I can't do this. It's like, okay, you can't, like, maybe you can't squat or maybe you can't, um, pull or can't press, but there are other things that you can do that will allow you to con- like continue to advance and helps you build, um, resiliency, like mm-hmm. mental resiliency. Um, like I think, um, I think resiliency is an important part of being good at sport because you never have like a, a straight path forward. Your like, stuff is always going to happen in training and competition, like things are just going to come up. And if you're not a, like a resilient person, you don't practice being resilient in situations that are not favorable to you. Then when, you know, when it really matters and something goes in like out of left field, what are you going to do? Yeah. I remember before the games in 2015 and it seems like I always get hurt doing something stupid, Mm. which is weird because I'm very risk averse. Like it's always something dumb. So I was training for the games. I was doing like heavy overhead squats and like I was re-racking after like I would complete the overhead squat instead of dropping the bar in front of me, I was re-racking it. Mm. And as I started getting heavier, it was like 165, 175. My coach was like, just drop it and I'll pick it up for you and put it back on the rack. And I was like, I got it. Like 185 tried to like re-rack it onto my back Mm -hmm. and it like slipped off my back and my wrist got like cranked back really Mm -hmm. badly so the top of the wrist, like on the back of the hand, like crunched together mm-hmm. and I got like a bone bruise or whatever it was. Mm, or at least that's what the doctors were saying. Yeah. So like any sort of like overhead squatting, pretty much any overhead, even like bar muscle ups where the wrist was cocked back was so painful. And I remember like being super bummed because I'm like, I have the CrossFit Games like in a couple weeks here. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. My coach basically, Mike was like, look, like I guarantee you that there is almost every single competitor at the CrossFit Games is dealing with something. Yeah. And it's like part of the sport at this level is like not only being really good at the sport, but being able to like deal with some injuries and like do what you can and stay positive and like train through them. And sometimes it means like, you know, competing when you're not at 100%. Yeah. And it was kind of like, you know what? You're right. Like, and I've, I wouldn't say like there's always something, but there is always something. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, not for everyone, but like, there's always a little something. I always have. Some, it just moves around my body. Yeah. Like, it's like, hey, what, what's going to be kind and of I'm not saying next? that's like, you should be tr- tr- striving for that. No. But it's like, in this sport, especially in an elite level, like you're kind of pushing your limits. Yeah. And I'm not saying like, this is the healthiest sport or we're by any means the healthiest. But it's like, if you, you kind of have to understand, like, kind of like with skiing for me, like you understand the risk and like, you understand that like when you're pushing your body to a certain point, yeah, like likely to happen. Yeah. Yep. And you just kind of have to be okay with that. Yeah. But well, also I, be okay taking care of things when they come up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I always found like, I always struggle when I don't know what's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like something's wrong with 
like with my leg recently i was like i don't know why it's still really swollen like is there something wrong with it is there like a seroma like fluid like what's wrong Mm -hmm. and for me it was like it's it's not the fact that it's still injured it's like i don't know how long it's going to be i don't know exactly why it's taking so long like when one doctor tells me it's going to be a week and then like my friends are like well it's really bad you should you know you should have had plastics in to look yeah (laughs) like some of my nurse friends are like what the hell like there's no way that would be ready to go in a week yeah it's like i don't know what to believe i don't know what's wrong with it and then another thing i struggle with is when when you hurt yourself doing something regrettable Mm -hmm. like trying to catch a glass or jumping off a ski hill and thinking doing a spread eagle is a good idea (laughs) i don't know something stupid like that or trying to like thinking you're you know all cool and stuff that you can back rack a super heavy over it yeah like when your coach is like it's don't do that yeah like you think you're you know yeah it's like uh, it's so hard not to just constantly think the entire time you're injured like (laughs) why did i do that why did i do that yeah I think that's normal. The two that I had before the games in 2018 were both extremely avoidable. <laughs> yeah. So well, the sled one. Well, yeah, I guess not. Like, so I had the thumb one that was just me being done with a sandbag when I sprained my thumb pretty bad. And then the sled, when I sliced my ankle, I just, I, why was my ankle in the way of the sled? You can just hold the mic up if you want. Yeah, that's good. Um, <coughs> bless you. Um, that was a cough. I know. But yeah, again, like you go into that, like I think a lot of people think that the best of the best just like don't deal with those problems. When I think everybody deals with those problems, like everybody's got something that comes up from time to time. Um, so it's just kind of like asking yourself, okay, what things are like thinking about it from like a locus of control standpoint, like um, what factors are outside of my control and then what factors are inside of my control. And like most often with, um, you know, with injuries and things, it's not like you literally, you can't control anything except your reaction to it and like how you handle it emotionally and like, um, you know, your, your self-talk. I think that, um, this, you, you get the, like, we tell ourselves stories about ourselves all the time. Like, um, and in those moments, like you really have to control the story that you're telling yourself about what comes next and about, you know, how future Alex is going to handle, you know, or how they're going to be in competition or, um, you know, are you going to be able to recover? Are you still going to be able to compete? Like you really have to control what's going through your head about yourself in those moments because, um, you have like personally have the biggest influence on, um, your emotional state in those moments. What's interesting is, is I wouldn't say to you or a friend who's injured, like, Meredith, like this injury is the end of the world. Like you're going to get so unfit. You're probably going to get fat. Like your legs are going to shrink since you're not squatting for a week. Like you should be really worried. Yet I tell my, I tell myself that Mm -hmm. like these like completely irrational thoughts. Like you ever like in the moment recognize that they're completely irrational. Yeah. But it it doesn't. And so then I have to be like, Meredith, tell me it's going to be okay. And then I'm like, (laughs) I don't know, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) no No, you're pretty good usually yeah um Um, but it's weird how like our self-talk you're right you have to be very aware of it yeah because man it can be bad 
I always think like I, I do I, I try to remind myself like there are athletes out there who have recovered from much worse mm-hmm. like um, you know Alexis just she's getting back after the Achilles thing and it feels like that was forever ago and it was and she's been dealing with it this whole time yeah and like immediately after she's like okay I can't squat I can't jump I can't use my leg you know what but I can ski yeah. and I can do upper body and so I'm just gonna hammer that until like and also continue to hammer rehab to the ability that you can. And, um, you know, as you can start to do things, you start to do those things, uh, to the best of your ability. And I think that's just having like a, a, like a growth mindset and being, you know, in a positive state of mind, as positive as you can be. I mean, it's obviously a bummer when something like that happens. Um, I think it makes you appreciate when you are healthy, when you can do stuff. Yeah. Appreciate like it, it, it grew, helps you grow an appreciation mm-hmm. for what your body can do, even when it's not 100% healthy. Yeah. It's like, wow, I can still do pull-ups and all these other things, ski erg, even though I can't squat. It's like, what what are you going to do to make it better? Or like if you're injured, really injured, it's like, all right, I'm going to focus on my business or, you know, yeah, focus it, on something else, like growing my knowledge in a different way. It's like finding other things to kind of, it's like finding a, an additional, I'm not going to say like new identity, but an additional identity. Yeah. Like I think when you're, when you're really, really close to what you're doing, like if you really identify as an athlete and that's like the only thing that you have, an injury is going to feel devastating and it's going to feel like everything's being taken away from you, you know, but maybe that is a good time to expand your knowledge on in another area, um, you know, go back to school, get some certifications, um, you know, put on a different hat for a while and make yourself better in a different way. And ultimately like having that balance in your life will make you a better athlete. Yeah. Um, cause I think having more things in your life makes you a better athlete in general, but that's another conversation as frustrating as it can be. And again, I'll admit that I fall into this trap as frustrating as an injury can be. You have to understand like being upset or being frustrated or being down isn't going to make the injury better. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, no matter how you got injured or what the injury is like being a bummed about it and trying, you know, not making an effort to snap out of it or find something else to keep you preoccupied or focusing on like the good things, what you can do or what you can control. Like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you, you know, yeah, there's really, there's no, there's no reason not to like being negative and, in your feelings about it for weeks and weeks on end, like, what is that actually doing? What is that doing for you? Yeah. Um, and I'm talking, I'm coming at this from someone who gets into my feelings about being injured sometimes. I think we all do. Yeah. It's just like, sometimes we need to be told by somebody like, Hey, it's going to be all right. Yeah. Like, um, you like swish your feet in those feelings and then get out of the water. Like, and sometimes it is helpful. And like, again, I hate my mom used to do this all the time. Well, like you complain about one thing. It's like, Oh, well, you know what? you should be lucky that you even have food on your plate. Like things mm-hmm. like that. And yeah. it's, it is like as annoying as that is. Like I've had some things in my life and I'm sure everybody has experienced something like this with a friend or family member, like my sister dealing with cancer. Not once did she say, did I hear her complain about having cancer or say like, I wish, why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. And we have, we have a couple clients dealing with health issues or ha- who have family members dealing with health issues. And like, it's cool to see when somebody's just got such a positive attitude and resiliency and it's kind of like, you know what? I want to be like that. I want to and when something does happen to you, it's good to remember those people. Like, yeah. I'm not in their position or, you know, I want to be like them, whatever it is. Like, you see the positivity. Yeah. My dad had a 
really bad back injury for like he was dealing it for probably like two years yeah to the point where he couldn't even like stand up and he didn't really ever complain like i don't really and it was bad yeah and uh, yeah i think i imagined myself in his position and i'm like wow i don't know if i could handle that but i think in the moment it's just like you're in it and if you're a person if you're strong and you're resilient you make an effort to be strong and resilient you just decide like okay this is happening like what can i do yeah you do what you can and you you know try to be proactive about figuring out what's wrong and i think becoming resilient in that way takes practice like you you just you are not like maybe some people are born that way but i think more often than not it's a it's a reflection of the way that you handle yourself in many different situations as they arise like day to day and like you know are you someone who who gets really down on yourself when like something small happens you know are you do you tend to be very negative like you can practice just being more positive you can practice like not annoying you know those people who are like annoyingly positive i don't think you have to be that way no <laughs> hate those people yeah but there's a there's a middle ground like say before you say something say at least all oh, that sucks yeah and then you can say your stuff acknowledge like- it <laughs> You don't have to, like, don't brush it off. You don't yeah. have to brush it off. But also don't, like, don't wallow in self-pity every time something bad happens. Like, that's how you practice Or being give resilient. yourself a moment and then, mm-hmm. you know, put your shoes and socks back on and yeah, start, start. Get to work. Yeah. One foot in front of the other. Even yeah. if it's in a direction that, like, you didn't know you were going to go. Like, mm-hmm. well, this is the direction we're going now. So I'm going to do my best, like, you know, to... to blaze whatever path we're going down yeah so what's the bloodiest injury you've had oh man um that ankle one was pretty bloody that because i think it was so like close to the bone there's like all those blood vessels there um i don't know my sister hit me in the head with a bat once <laughs> and my nose bled a lot we were doing um like a pinata you ever do those yeah. and so we were blindfolded was in my grandma's house we were blindfolded and with this like bamboo bat and so I was holding uh no Megan was holding the bat and I was spinning her around to make her dizzy because you do that yeah. right and so I like stopped her and I said I was gonna say okay go and I got the words okay like okay out of my mouth and she swung before I could get out of the way and like she, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been hit so hard in the head where like I, like I just smelled like burning like something was on fire there's nothing on fire that's just what I smelled and then just like like blood just started gushing out of my because she hit me kind of in the side of the face and my mouth and just like blood just started gushing out of my nose and out of my mouth she didn't knock any teeth out that was good man that hurt though ow that was really bad and then she kept swinging because she thought she'd hit the pinata but she had hit me instead <laughs> so like all my my aunts and uncles are like no 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 like trying to get her to stop and she's just like she's trying to hit me again but i had fallen down so she couldn't hit me again <laughs> it was um it's one of those things i wish i could have like observed from far away because i bet it was really funny like when she got past the fact that like i was okay and i wasn't yeah. <laughs> Like, I didn't have a head injury, I don't think. I bet it was really funny to watch. Yeah, in hindsight. Yeah. That was, if if it had, if it was now, it would definitely be, like, videoed and on that yeah. kids getting hurt Instagram. 
I have this thing where if I see someone like get hurt, yeah, I don't know. It's like I don't think it's funny, but I like laugh <laughs> like hysterically. It's really bad. So like I've seen some people like hurt their ankles like in, in CrossFit or like, and I can't like I can't even I feel like leave. Yeah, because I'm just like laughing at them and it's not good. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think of what's the worst injury I've witnessed in CrossFit. I saw this. <laughs> This isn't funny. Um, he was fine. It was really scary when it happened. So if you remember the snatch bar muscle up workout from like 2016. Yeah. Um, so there's this guy in my gym at the time who was doing that. He's very, very good at bar muscle ups, very good at snatches. He was doing really well in the workout. He was, uh, he's a sweater though. Like he sweats and we had these like these spiel bars and he was on the really, really tall one. It's probably a solid, like I don't know, seven or eight feet off the ground. And it was like his last, the last bar muscle up of the workout. He was just hanging on trying to get it. And his hands were so sweaty. So he was like mid kip, like full extension, horizontal to the ground, getting ready to turn the bar muscle up over, like to pull on the bar. And his hands just came off. Like he pulled and his hands came off the bar. So this guy is like horizontal to the ground, but like eight feet off the ground. And he just falls and like just flat on his back. Like he had enough. I think he kind of curled to like take the impact a little bit, but he hit the ground and you just, you heard the air just like come out of his body. And like there was sweat probably like 50 feet away from where he landed. Like that was the splatter. Oh my god! And he like, we thought that he had injured his back because he, he was just like, like trying to scream, but he, he had knocked the air out of himself so bad that like, I'm sure you've done that. Like I used to everybody's... do that all the time on the playground when I yeah. was a kid. Like he just, it was, it was the worst I've ever witnessed someone do that. Cause he was just, he was panicking cause he couldn't get any air in his body. Yeah. Um, he ended up being fine. Like I think What's he, the, like, what is that? Like, like what do you, what happens when you knock the wind out of yourself? I think you're like when you hit the, the ground, you, something hits you or you hit the ground, like all this, comp- these compressive forces happen on your lungs and you literally just expel all the air that's in your lungs. But then why can't you get it back in? I don't know. Is it's it like, like they tighten up or something? Maybe like some sort something of spasm. later. Yeah. We'll get back to you on that one. That was wild. I've never seen, like I've seen people come off the bar, but not quite like that. That was bad. Um, but I, overall I think CrossFit's quite safe. I think it is because, well, and that's, I mean, I've played some other sports. I soccer and mm-hmm. I play golf. That's not really a very injury prone sport, but, um, with CrossFit, it's very controlled yeah like the environment is extremely controlled so when people like say i want to start crossfit it's like and they're like but i don't want to get hurt it's like if you have a good coach and you're at a good gym Mm -hmm. like you can control everything that you're doing it's when you go like when you're somebody's ego gets in the way or maybe you have a bad coach telling you to do something you shouldn't be doing yeah that's when things happen well like or like in competition like yeah. in competition, I've done stuff where I'm like, oh, that was like oh, trying to save a snatch mm-hmm. that in training, it's like you wouldn't try. Yeah. But in competition, it's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't be in that position with like 170 pounds over your head. Yeah. But like, do you keep going? Yeah. Because it's like, it's the risk you're, you're taking. Yeah. Or like, should you, I mean, I haven't really had any super close calls, knock on wood in competition, but like with your elbow, like when it starts getting really bad, would you have kind of gone to the point of it popping? Probably not in training. No, yeah. But, but you're like on the floor. So what are you going to do? But in like regular 
like crossfit classes and stuff and then training yeah i mean like most people who walk in off the street and they're like i'm gonna do crossfit like you're you're exercising that's all you're doing yeah um you're doing some movements that kind of make it crossfit i guess and like three two one go and it's like rah rah it's like yeah that's crossfit but like really you're just exercising and it's probably actually like more dangerous for somebody like that to be like you know what yeah i'll do i'll go play adult league soccer Mm -hmm. i haven't played soccer in 10 (laughs) years but you know like i used to and i'm pretty athletic and i watch the world cup every year like that's more dangerous because not only like is it more of a full contact activity um you know you're running the likelihood of rolling ankles is high and you're like there are novel scenarios being presented that um you know you have to respond to in an athletic way which is a big ask for people sometimes so like i think that recreational rec league adult sports are more yeah dangerous i would actually argue that crossfit or just like general strength training Mm -hmm. makes you a lot less susceptible to any injury like even falling on ice which is you know something that happens a lot here Mm -hmm. like if you fall and you're you've got some muscle and some like protection and you're not gonna you know break a hip as easily as you would if you weren't um, stronger i remember when i moved here granted like i'm from the south like we don't get snow and i like it's it's not a situation where there's snow on the ground for like five months out of the year like it is here i was convinced i was like oh i'm going down like i'm gonna break a rib like moving to calgary i was like i am for sure gonna break a bone because i had no idea how to walk on ice yeah you still don't you're horrible i'm definitely better than i used to be you're not but you remember like the first winter i was much more nimble (laughs) The first winter I was here, I was constantly doing like the whoa with yeah, it's my arms. Yeah, because you don't keep your feet underneath you. <laughs> yeah, because I walk like a normal person. Yeah, which is not what you need to Apparently do. Apparently not. I remember um, this was a while back, but Miranda Oldroyd. Yeah. She has a different last name. Did she get married to? Um, it I might mean, be like Miranda Alcaraz now. Maybe, yeah. Anyway, they own, she and her husband own street parking. Yep. Um, anyway, if you haven't heard of her, she's like a like one of the og Mm -hmm. crossfitters like i really looked up to her and she wants she heard her neck really bad like in a car really bad in a car accident she was at a level one seminar and she went to do a coffee run and she got rear-ended or something while she was out and basically like that like for a week she had some issues like she thought she had had whiplash Mm -hmm. She's like, and I was just like doing my thing, like squatting heavy, like that week. She's like, I, I was squatting like over 200 pounds or whatever it was back then. And, and then she's like, and it was, you know, it was bothering me. So I went to the doctor and they did like a, a x-ray or whatever they need to do. And basically like she needed surgery immediately. Yeah. It was like, like an emergency almost thing. Almost to the point where like she could have been paralyzed. Yeah. And she, she said the doctor, not just for, with her recovery, but with, the way that the injury was and for the week that she didn't go and see a doctor, had she not have had the musculature around her neck and like her, her traps, she probably would have either been paralyzed in the car accident or paralyzed herself after the fact. Like she's like, I'm so glad that I do CrossFit and Mm -hmm. that I'm strong and like resilient. Resilient. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wow. That story really was like, Holy moly. Yeah. Like her whole life would have, you know? Yeah. It would have been, it would have been way. And it's like, you hear that stuff all the time. People mm-hmm. who get in accidents and, you know, the, the fact that they're healthy and fit are the only reason why they yeah. survive or they get really sick. And yeah. the only, like the only reason that they survive their illness, yeah. you know, is because they're, they're in very good shape. One of my friends, um, got breast implants and she actually said that the, she made like a very fast recovery from it. She's like, 
actually because I have like the muscle underneath and like the fact that when you build muscle, you've built up muscle already and you lose it, rebuilding it is much faster. Mm -hmm. She said that the doctor said, uh, if had she like be with her muscles and her fitness, she recovered a lot faster than his usual patients. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Definitely cool. Motivation to stay strong and do some resistance training. Yeah. Um, do you have any takeaways from this that you want to give little tidbits for people? Mm, I think I said most of them. Yeah. Um, Basically just control self-talk kind of, um, adaptive growth mindset. Yeah. Put one foot in in front of the other, you know, working towards whatever you're able to work towards. Yeah. And reach out and talk to somebody who's dealt with a similar injury or a big injury. Yeah. And who's, you know, has some, some words that, you know, even if it's just like, it's going to be fine. You're that gonna be alone yeah. can really help. Yeah, that may, I mean that makes that made a difference for me. It made a dif- difference for like for you recently. Yeah. When the when the sports doctor was like, yeah, it's just in, it's just inflamed. It's gonna be fine. Ice it. Yeah. And I was like, oh okay, that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's important. You're not. It feels like you're alone and like on an island a lot of the time, but you're not. Like sports injuries are. Yeah. Super common. And like as long as a year or six months or two weeks, or one day off sound. In the grand scheme of things, it's actually a pretty short, it's usually a short, pretty short period of time to recover mm-hmm. from certain injuries. Yeah, for um, sure. But like I said, I've only had a, a few and I'm not an expert by any means. I'm still learning, but yeah. I think we all are. Yeah. Um, Ivy, would you like to add anything? Okay. No, no comment from <laughs> Ivy. She did get her ovaries removed recently, but she said, actually, I think she's a little tired, but I remember her saying when she was recovering that no matter what, don't let your owners put you in a onesie. A medical shirt. Yeah. (laughs) Not necessary. Bad for the ego. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if you guys are going through something or have questions on injury or just want to chat or ask us questions, feel free to reach out um, on any of our channels. You guys know what they are. And we look forward to having some interesting discussions about other topics soon. Like, uh, what are we going to do next? Why CrossFit is a low-skill sport? Yeah, you have that theory. I have that theory. We'll also talk about maybe some goals. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're too close to your goals. Yeah. And what that can do. Yeah. Perspective. And if you guys have anything you want to hear about, make sure you... uh, let us know because that's where yeah. this that's where this episode came from. It was a request. So happy to uh, happy to indulge requests. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs>